All right, I'll get off my soapbox. Well, you're, no, that's, that's, you're, <laughs> well, you know, it's and Ron brings up some things uh, in his book that it, it really hits home because people say, "Well, how do you, how should I go out in, in the woods?" Well, you know, it's basically have a clear and pure heart and mind. Don't go out there banging on trees and you know. Yeah. Just sitting and you know what I mean. Well, I, I've done it. I, I carry an axe handle uh, every now and then. I, I'll bang on a tree, but I just I quit doing it as much because if they want to interact with you, they'll come find you. They they really will. They'll come find you. Put some hot dogs and bacon, throw it in the fire at night, and let that smell just waft through the forest, and you might just be surprised, you know. But that'll, that'll you know, hold me out of the woods. Yeah, <laughs> bacon, bacon, but you know. Uh, I, I have several people that are living existences where they're interacting with these creatures on a daily uh, basis. I have an investigator who I can't name, uh, who's in the BFRO, uh, who's having mind-boggling interactions with these creatures. And he was one of the ones that I was talking about that had a, a uh, one of the people, uh, one of the Sasquatch people, and he has names for all 22 or 24 of the clan that he's dealing with. Crazy stuff. But they're manipulating his body by going in and working on his heart or his lungs or his liver and just kind of touching him. But it is a psychic healing, but it's it's they can feel the the hand up in their body manipulating manipulating the organs mm-hmm. and taking care of some items. Well, I just had to give you a little tune up. I had to fix something. You were you know, you're not well in this area, and so I've got half a dozen people that are having those kind of relationships with these beings. I mean, you know, uh, habituations where they're seeing, they're showing them them. Uh, I've got habituation witnesses. I monitor myself, but these guys are having these conversations, you know, uh, with these beings at, you know, Sasquatch, Ontario, Mike Patterson, having some crazy stuff going on. He, he's watched the clan grow up and they're showing them their kids footprints. And he's got like the same foot, but you can tell it's 10 years apart. He's got three or four prints of the same foot, but it's, it's, it's been growing up and it's a little bit misshapen. And you can tell it's the same foot, but it's bigger. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you go to the trouble of faking that stuff? But he's, they're appearing to him. They're appearing to my guy in Canada. You know, uh, a couple of my, yeah, I think all the activity, a lot of that, type of activities in the Pacific Northwest of Canada, because that is some deep, 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 deep woods. And some of these beings are 10, 12, 15 feet tall, and they've been there for tens of thousands of years. And there's places you are not going to go ever, but they won't let you go there. They won't harm you, but they will make sure you don't want to go there. You know? Uh, so it, it just, we don't know what we don't know. And we, we only know what they tell us. So we can't just, quit and give up on it and go, well, there's got to be flesh and blood, maybe a couple of weirdos, you know, out there, you know, acting crazy, weirdo Sasquatch is another word. And the rest of it's just, you know, flesh and blood, and that's all there is to it. And all this other stuff is static and to confuse us and throw us off the track in the first place, you know, just muddy the mm-hmm. water, you know. Uh, but enough people are seeing stuff, and they're not reading these reports, they're not seeing this stuff. They're finally reaching me or other investigators who are open to hearing what they have to say. And like I said, they're telling you stuff that it matches up with other 
people. So there's thousands and thousands of people having the same type of experiences. They don't know each other. They haven't read each other's stories. You know, you might get an occasional hoaxer. I'd say less than one or two would get by me as a hoaxer because you just, you know, after a while, someone's yanking your chain. It's not too hard to you know, interview people or interrogate them or interview them several different ways and ask the same question five different ways and they never know it. And if they answer it the same way, well, then you're onto something. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, there's something going on. Powers of be that wants to know. And if throwing in the paranormal and woo, if they've manipulated a couple of these beings or done something to us to hypnotize us or make us hallucinate to think we saw these things, well, I want some of that stuff. Let me see some of that. I want to put that in my medicine cabinet, you know. <laughs> so I'm just saying there's something they don't want us to know. Yeah. And it can't be if they're just a dumb ape or another creature in the chain of life. There's something, there's a reasoning. And I'll always say that till the day I die. So I'm done. I, I want to take a massive step back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because... And to go into what we were talking about before we uh, started recording this episode, because, you know, as I'm hearing you speak, I mean, you are so into this. You really portray somebody in my mind being very, you know, underwhelmingly out of the loop when it comes to this sort of stuff. But, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just a normal person that's, you know, had a couple experiences and I'm just super interested because, shoot, I want to. You know, Jeremy may not ever want to see a Sasquatch again because of his experience, but I certainly do. So I can say that I never want to see one again. Um, (laughs) But you come off to me as someone that's so, you know, far out as far as like research and stuff goes as someone that I would believe it if you said that you had been doing this your entire adult life. But as we know from talking before that, that's not the case. You had. 20 years of a music career you opened for, I think you said you opened for Journey? Oh, uh, you know, I had several different bands that were really, you know, up there. We were, you know, just inches away from a record deal, but I had a band that opened for The Who. The Who uh, I had another it. band, that was, and this is all down in Texas. I'm in Missouri mm-hmm. now, but this is all in Texas. And then I had another band that was very, very popular. We opened for uh, uh, Journey, okay, Cars, yeah, so. Taj Mahal, uh, but I, I've been around so much of that stuff. So, but uh, yeah, so it had just, but at the age of 10, I had something that altered my course. And I suddenly knew that the world, and I'm, I was thinking adult faults at that age, but I knew that the world that they were telling me was a certain way was not a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I can't put it any other way. That's just, I just kind of knew that. Yeah. And, and so then in, uh, in search of with Leonard Nimoy, that show and the Patty film, uh, mm-hmm. I went, aha, <laughs> now we're on to something. See, you know? see, that's exactly how it happened to me. Carter, I don't mean to, to break you off, but what, during our, uh, what is the fourth episode? Yeah. That I, I finally came, I, I told my story here on Infinite Rabbit Hole. I had said, you know, when I was young enough, I didn't know what I saw. I just mm-hmm. know that it wasn't, something I knew it wasn't, you know, the, the bears and, and a deer, it wasn't anything, you know, normal. And then one day I was like 14 or 15 years old. I stayed home from school and I was watching in search of, 
and they did the 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 Bigfoot special where they they covered the Patterson Gimlin film, and I was like, that's what I saw, yep. right there. The thing I saw was skinnier because it was in the Northeast, mm-hmm. uh, and very quick. Um, it wasn't as bulky as Patty, but that's it. That's what I saw. So yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> how do you argue with that? I mean, right. it's how did they know? What? How, how come? That's what I saw. What? They don't exist. Right. Yeah, what do you do when you're sitting in front of the TV? You throw the remote at it. You're just like going berserk. You go, what? What? It's the same for me is when I'm I'm presented with a piece of evidence or experience something myself. Uh, I I tear into it. I don't just take it at face value. I'm the first one to try to f- poke holes in my own theories because mm-hmm. I don't want to go out there and go, well, this is absolute. This is the way it is. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. right now it isn't. It's a fluid situation. You know, and so uh, you, you when you see something like you just talked about seeing in search of mm-hmm. that that tied it all up in a nice little bow. That's what I saw. It, yeah. It's it's nothing other than that's it. So what do you do with it now? Now somebody says, well, they don't exist, so you didn't really see that. You saw a guy in a ghillie suit or a yeah. bear standing up. Funny little story. So they 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 referred to it as Bigfoot a lot in that show. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, somebody had referred to it as Sasquatch. And I went to school telling people I saw a sass patch. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, hey, you know what I saw? I saw a sass patch when I was uh, nine years old. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Did you get that lisp uh, cured later? <laughs> so what was the catalyst then so you you had this experience you you saw the show similar to to jeremy then you had 20 years in music you did some some comedy then you did some real estate and you said you still kind of do some real estate but what was the catalyst for you that really full swing got you into where you are now well <clears throat> my wife and i went up to washington state mm-hmm. and I we were just going on vacation and we didn't see or experience anything, but we went out hiking uh, up in the uh, Olympic uh, Peninsula. We were yep. camping at a, a man. You might as well have been in Bluff Creek. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. We rented a cabin. We had never been there. We just said, "Screw it, let's go." We just put our finger on somewhere. Let's go there. Let's call this guy. Right. Got a cabin. Stayed there. Well, we went hiking, and we were walking through a forest. I had to go take a leak. I went behind a tree, and at the base of this tree was an ammo box chained to the tree. And my initial thought was, oh, crap. I found a drug dealer's stash. And I'm pissing on it. (laughs) And I'm pissing on it, or I am going to get shocked or it's going to explode. And so I I finished my business in another direction, and this box was still there. Mm-hmm. And then we started talking about it, and I said, I want to open it, but I'm afraid it's rigged, like with explosives. Because, you know, the, back then, uh, pot had just become legalized in Washington State, and they were busting a lot of growers that were growing it illegally. And so I thought I'd come up on a stash. You know, but it was an army yeah. box, a bigger army box. Anyway, uh, I, I'm behind the tree now, and I'm uh, I'm left-handed, so I took a, a twig in my right hand in case I blew off that hand. I didn't need it because I'm left-handed. 
That's, that was my logic at the time. That's my exact logic. And I'm going down there and I'm trying to open the thing. And, you know, those those things had some heavy-duty clamps on them. Right, yeah. So I wasn't going to do it, so I just said, screw it. I don't think it's rigged. So I opened it. And it was a geocache. Oh, nice. Ooh, nice. And so I'm going, oh, that's what this is. It's ge- okay. So the kind of thing that you open up, you take something out, you put something in, and you sign this little log. And what inside was a business card from a BFRO investigator from Washington. Nice. And I said, wow, I'd call this guy and see if I can go on an expedition or become an investigator or something. So I copied his name down and I left, I can't remember what I put in there. I left, a, I think, a, a candy bar in there. <laughs> I'm sure that was a really treat when somebody found it four months <laughs> later. later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's this fuzz on here? So anyway, but I, I called this guy and a long story short, he put me in touch with uh, uh, BFRO down here in Missouri. And long story short, I went on a expedition and I said, I'd, I'd really, really be interested in being an investigator. I said, well, you need to go out on another few expeditions and make sure you have what it takes. You've got the right personality and you're, you know, you can do reports and be methodical. So I went out and long story short, I became an investigator in 2000, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, 11, 12, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it ever since. That's what got me. And then I was leading expeditions down here in Missouri. I did three here and one in uh, Illinois. And I quit doing them here because uh, the uh, the company I was keeping uh, in the BFRO down here was not not pleasant. They were just, you know, mm. not good people, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, very conservative and, and no open minds whatsoever. Anyway, so they got rid of the guy who was running the expeditions down here and got me. And I did them for a while until he reared his head and I left. And I'm still doing reports. I just don't need expeditions anymore. I did one in 2019 just because I had spare time. But that's how I got into it. And then the more I saw and the more I heard, I'm going, oh, my God. And I started doing reports. I've had a, a, almost 100 reports published to be a fraud. I think it's like 97 or 98. Uh, but I quit doing reports because they are sanitizing the reports. They're, they're falsifying data or mm-hmm. taking data out of mine. I can only speak for my reports, but some of the reports I've had have been sanitized or redacted, taking very intriguing things out. And still being published, but taking the intriguing stuff out. It's not fair. It's not right. I heard they take all the woo stuff out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, all of it. Yeah. Got to uh, gotta sell beer and tampons on that Finding Bigfoot show. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it. You got the, the woo people running around. So you got you to gotta keep the advertisers happy. You got to keep the advertisers happy. It's just pure and simple. It, it, it's, again, follow the money. No. <laughs> yeah. I know it, it, it's funny, but it's not funny because you know you're reading yeah, that database yeah. and you're you're being misled. And I've said this on other shows, and it's not a secret. I mean, it's common knowledge among a lot of people. And uh, I've had some of mine, you know, and what they uh, you know didn't know or well, yeah. I'm in real estate. I deal with contracts, so. I'm a paper guy. I'm a, I'm a nerd for getting documents. So every time I got a report, I interview the witness, I take all the report down, and I print that report. Then I send it in. 
And then what they publish is not the same report I sent in. Just flat out. Terrible, terrible thing to do. You're misleading the public. It's the largest database in the world for BFRO, uh, uh, the, one of the largest Bigfoot databases, and it's polluted. It's just, you know, and I can only speak from my reports. I've had about seven or eight reports that have had uh, paranormal quantum or alluding to intelligence that they do not agree these creatures possess. I'll do it that way. So, horrifying, mm. terrible. But, so I'm just talking to people now. I'm still in BFRO. I just don't do reports for them anymore because I don't want to put anything out there and they're just, you know, they're going to trash it. They're going to just sanitize it, make it say what they want to say, if they even publish it, and it'll just be a lie. So I just, I just quit doing them, you know. But I made copies of all my reports before I did them and before I sent them in. Because just what if they lose it? I've got a copy of it, you know. It's just what you do. You know, make copies, copies of everything. And so, and then when they publish a report, I make a copy of that. And I compare the two. I'm going, what the hell? You know. Jeez. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not pretty. And it's just it's just totally dishonest, you know. And if they throw me out tomorrow, I don't care because that's just the way they are. You know, they 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 want to make those advertisers happy. You know, I want to sell my tampons and beer and pizza and, and drugs for old people. And that's our advertisers. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, if we if we got this paranormal weird stuff going on, well, these people aren't going to advertise with us. We, can, we can't have any of that. Same people that advertise on Discovery Channel Ghost Hunters and stuff aren't the ones that advertise on Sasquatch. Right. It's a never-ending story. Well, next week, we'll find them. Come back right. next week. Oh, and we have a disco party out in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And Sasquatch joins. <laughs> and, you know, 16 crew members with lights and cameras and microphones. Yeah. That'll do it. That'll get you. That'll, that'll help you find a Sasquatch <laughs> in a heartbeat. Let's go outside and bang a bunch of, bang a bunch of tin cans together in, in pots and pans and make a bunch of noise. You know, and and to be honest, at times when you do do that, you do get responses, you know, but you're not learning anything other than, well, there's something in the woods making noises, you know, but you're not doing the research to break it down into what it really is. You know, when you see a structure or you hear a, a rock clack, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, counting, you know, uh, enumerating uh, the different hikers as they go by. Uh, with knocks and clacks, letting you, others know that how many humans are on the way. Did we did we talk about the gifting? Because that was something that I I really wanted to hit on, and this seems like a really good segue if we haven't touched on it yet, have we? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. we have. So real quick, you you covered the gifting of the five stones. Yes. So. Can you go ahead and, and walk us through that? Because that was really interesting. And then I'll kind of tie everyone listening now in, uh, uh, you know, they'll tie it all together with what you were just talking about there. Yeah. Well, the gifting thing, and this is, you know, I have determined that I'm having a relationship with a an individual or a clan. So I led an expedition, in Illinois, 2019, BFRO. Now, it was on the books. They had a bunch of people that were going to go, and then the person who was going to run the expedition for BFRO couldn't do it. So they took it off the books and canceled it and gave everybody the money back. Well, 
several people said, well, I want to, I want to go. I want to go. Can we find somebody else? So they put out an APB on BFRO.net. Hey, does anybody want to run an expedition in uh, Illinois? That's about 350 miles away from me. But to me, really, that's not that far. I drive that far often. So I said, I'll do it. Bottom line, there was only four people left that wanted to go and didn't want a refund. They wanted to go on the expedition. And so two were from the uh, town that was very close to Murfreesboro, and two were just other random people from Illinois. And so uh, I went there a week ahead, and I started scouting, because that's what I do. I go and scout the area. We just don't go pick a camp somewhere and just sit. And I mean, I, I scout, I put dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of hours into scouting an area before we even go. So I, I picked this area because the people in town all told me that this is not an area. Nobody will go at night after, after hours. There's no hunter. There's no man, woman, macho, badass hunter that will go there at night. Just nobody because there's a lot of weird stuff goes on. I said, well, good. That's where we're going because that sounded like an invitation to me. So anyway, I took the four people and that's all there was. There was me and my partner, Harold, and then the four people. That was six of us. Harold, longtime Sasquatch guy. He used to be with BFRO. He's had a stroke. He's had cancer. Uh, and he's in bad shape, you know. And so there's times he can't walk. He can't hike very far. So he went with us. There were six of us all together, but he went to the area, but he stayed in the parking lot where we walked down this ravine. And uh, we we had sticks and twigs being thrown at us, and we had all these things going on. We could hear them. We could hear breathing and walking and some huffing, but they would not interact. They would not answer any calls, any talking to them sweetly and gently. We, they just wouldn't interact, but you know they were there. We found footprints. We cast a bunch of prints. When we found these footprints, they were pushing trees over to cover up the footprints. We walked down there. We found the prints uh, like on a Wednesday and a Thursday, and we went. We cast them and went back the next morning to get them. Small trees had been pushed over. All the trees were pushed over from the right side of the ravine going to the left as you go downhill, and they were all covering our tracks. Jeez. Oh, okay. How come? Oh, you, you're mad because we found your footprints. Well, you're being a dumbass. Why'd you leave a footprint for us to find? So <laughs> we cast the prints, and they're in the book. Uh, just one of them, but there's four or five of them. I think three were actually probably uh, Sasquatch related. Anyhow, uh, the next day we went back, and two more trees had been pushed over. And I'm thinking, okay, what is it that? don't want us to see here. And there was really nothing. I couldn't figure it out. There was nothing there. So uh, the second night we went back, Harold stayed back at camp because he was too sore from trying to get down the ravine the night before. So he just stayed back in camp. So again, it was me and four other people. Mm -hmm. So I left knowing that that place just had the creepy weirdest vibe to it so i went back the next year and it was just uh me and harold and i went down there and he couldn't go again so i went down there and i set out two cameras 
I went back to, and it was just, we went down there. I think I went there on a Wednesday. We stayed Wednesday night and I went back Thursday morning to get my cameras and on the rock, uh, on the, uh, there's a trunk there. All the pictures are in the book. There was five rocks. There was one uh, arrow-shaped rock. It was pointed more like a spear tip, but it was a triangle. And then four rocks behind that. That's me, the leader, and the four people behind me. On the other end of the six-foot log is a round rock. Now, Harold is kind of round and, and, and chunky. Mm-hmm. And so that represented him. I didn't figure it out at first. I just thought, well, that's weird. This stuff wasn't here. When I went and put my cameras up, there was, nothing was here. Those rocks weren't here. Nothing was here. Came back the next morning, and there that was for me to find, and there was rocks gifted on other tree stumps as well. Well, I sat there and looked at that, and I'm going, this just appeared here overnight because I was there Wednesday. This was October 2020. This was right smack dab in the middle of COVID. Nobody was going out. Nobody was doing anything. Uh, I left that area. Harold and I left about when I left my camera. Uh, I left about two o'clock. I was back there at eight o'clock the next morning to get my cameras because I was on my way back home to, uh, to Missouri. And so if humans actually came down and were hiking, they would have had to have gotten there shortly after 2, 2.30 when I left, and they only had three hours of daylight left. This is October, so it gets dark early. Or something else happened. I mean, those rocks just appeared there. It could have been humans, but it just coincides with the number of people in the group. It was just when I took pictures, and Harold wasn't with me. He had gone back home to Missouri. He, he lives in Illinois, but in a different direction. He'd gone home, and I was sitting there just looking at this going, oh, my God. They're signifying. They're just, this is representing me and the four people, and there's Harold at the other end who was here, but he wasn't here. Yeah, it's it too coincidental group. to be coincidence, right? Yeah, the, numer- the, the serendipity mm-hmm. and the numerology is just too bizarre. It's the, mm-hmm. uh, it's the Occam's razor theory. Uh, the least amount of explanations you need to something is more likely the explanation of what it is you're trying to explain. So in other words, the more it takes you to explain something, the less likely that explanation is any good. It's the most simple explanation. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so on the way home, uh, I called my wife. I told her what was going on, and she was going, well, that's really, really good, honey. What time did that happen? And at the time that those rocks were probably placed, which was late at night or early, early in the morning. My wife, 350 miles away in our house, in our bedroom here in Kansas City, was watching a blue orb flying through the, our bedroom. And she not, only, oh, shit. she not only saw it with her eyes, but it reflected in our dresser, our bedroom, the dresser mirror. Mm-hmm. So she saw it, and she saw it in the mirror reflected. So it was like a real thing and she followed it in the mirror and she followed it with her eyes in real time and it was it was an orb and it was just zipping around the room and it flew into the bathroom and just disappeared happened roughly about the time those rocks may have been placed there so i'm driving back and i'm going and i still had not figured out the rocks i said well who would have put those there? And all of a sudden it just 
halfway to to Missouri, I'm going, oh my God, <laughs> holy crap! They're I'm getting the the chills right now, and I'm telling you this again. <laughs> I'm going. There was the aha moment. I went, those son of a guns, they're 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 saying hello. They're they're letting us know they knew who they were, and they were leaving a clue. Hi, we saw you. These are the rocks. There's a five rocks. There's a leader. And, and, you know, and so I was just beside myself, but it, it, I couldn't explain it any other way. And even if some people had gone, you know, for them to have gotten down, they would have had only three or four hours. And then to put all those rocks, it just didn't, yeah. that just didn't make sense. So we went back this year, me and Harold and my research partner here in Missouri, Brian, and uh, another research uh, friend of mine in Illinois, uh, Chris Callahan. So we all met there. Well, Harold and I got there earlier than they did because Chris was coming a day later because he had to work and Brian was coming a day later because he had to pick up a vehicle. So we go down there and we go down to the trees and they had done a bunch of cleanup down there. The Forestry Service had done a bunch of cleanup because it's a, a national park this area and they wanted it to be more accessible i think anyway we me and harold now this time harold had his strength back and he made it all the way down to where these trees were with the rocks were on the trees mm-hmm. all the rocks have been removed because they cleaned up the air they sent crews through and, and cleaned it up so because i think they're going to build a trail all the way through this area there was one tree trunk and that, that tree trunk that has the, the five rocks and the one on the other end, it's the same trunk that one round rock was left on the end where the five rocks were. That represented Harold, and I think somebody was signifying to Harold that he finally made it down that ravine that was so difficult for him to traverse. And it was just like, holy crap. This is your present, Harold. This is your present for making it down here. This is a nice, this is your fat mm-hmm. ass rock right here. <laughs> it's and, you, look. It's you, look, look. There's your bald head, you know. But it was like, it, and all the other rocks were gone. Now, they probably fell off because the trees have been cleaned around. They've been moved around. Mm-hmm. But the one tree that had those five rocks and the one on the end, that had not been moved. But the rocks were gone. And the one rock at the other end that was put at the end where the five rocks were. That was signifying to Harold and to me that you made it back. We're saying hello. Mm-hmm. This happened just this past uh, October this year. So 1920 and 21, I've been. I'm going to go back. I, I've been back three years in a row in the same month as I originally had gone down there. And so there. They're communicating. That's my assessment is they're communicating and they're saying, we know who you are. We're watching you. We know who you are. Hello. How you doing? It was just simple, almost stupid, childish. I mean, it was just elementary, but it just, it was what it was. It was cool that they, that they were communicating with you, you know, (laughs) and, and not only, you know, I don't know, the people who are listening here, but you know, you got to realize that if they're matching the amount of rocks with the, with the people and uh, you know, that's, that's all, that's also basic math. Yeah. You know uh, it's, they can count. Yeah, there's a, 
yeah there's a there's a lot of uh you know brain ability there <laughs> brain ability that's a terrible word uh but there you know there, there's something there there's an intelligence there there you yeah. go that's the word <laughs> <laughs> brain juice and <laughs> beetle guts and, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but it is you're, you're right it is an intelligence and they were counting and I could have just looked at those rocks and thought, well, that's, that's cool. That's interesting. You know, and, and, and people that are you know, nature lovers, they'll stop and they'll stack rocks and, yeah. you know, you'll see little yeah. stacks of rocks on trails and stuff. And people do that, but this was just too darn specific. And this happened overnight. It was just mm -hmm. like, there was an aha moment that I'll never forget if I, but you know, it, it just defined that, and I'm having weird stuff go on at my house and mm. a couple of my researcher buddies that are having these ongoing activities up in Canada, uh, they will follow you home according to them. And I'm, I'm starting to believe because I've had some things, you know, somebody knocked on our bedroom door one afternoon, one o'clock broad daylight. Someone just, it's just a bam, bam on our door where my wife and I are laying down, taking a nap. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like an, the furnace coming on and blowing the door, the vent hits the door and blows it. So it sounds like it's kind of rattling around. Nothing like that. Uh, it was just a very definite on our yeah. bedroom door. And I can't say that's Sasquatch related, but there's just been other weird things. And it mostly started when I led that expedition down. And I've been writing it all down. I've got like two sheets of word documents. Just, and, and some of it's explicable, some of it's not. But mm -hmm. it's just, you know, you start doing these connections and you just, you know, you just can't stop. And I don't want it to be anything. I just want to know what it is. I don't, I have a preconceived notion. I don't have one. I don't, it's, you know, I'm seeing and hearing things from all these people. And uh, it's it, it just, it, it keeps multiplying on itself. I, like I said, I told you on the, we were talking beforehand. I had three people contact me this week with bizarre stories. You know, a guy got run out of the woods and he had mind speak. This creature chased him for about 200 yards, not physically chased him, but it was mm -hmm. uh, forcibly escorting him out of the forest. And he was being told, you need to go. Uh, you need to go because we have I'll a new baby. No, <laughs> a new baby. We have a new baby. A baby oh. has been born. You need to leave. I got this this morning. What do you do with that? And he's not, he's not a, a, a no bullshit guy. He's kind of a macho guy. And he's, he, uh, he had filed a report with the FRO and they wouldn't publish it. Of course not. Because it was a creature standing in front of a cave and it was, it was kind of blurry, but it, screw the pictures. Don't even put the pictures in there. They don't anyway. But the, so was the, this on his property? No, no. Okay. And I don't know what he does exactly, but he, he, he invited me out. He's only about 125 miles east of me, so I probably will go see him. I told him I'll call you after the first year, and I'll come out and see you. I think he does uh, either surveying or mapping mm -hmm. or uh, checks on gas lines or electrical lines that go through, you know, heavy, you know, wooded areas and stuff. A hardcore blue-collar guy, right, somewhere yeah, that he's, if, Yeah, if, and so that's what – and so uh, – he has a company-issued iPad that he has to sync up with a satellite, and then they, they tell him where to go when he's walking in mm -hmm. these woods to find uh, 
uh, the gas lines and the junction boxes and the electrical lines and stuff. Right. Because there's you know, little transformers that are out in the middle of nowhere nobody knows about because they're there for, you know, someone needs power and it's there. So that's that's kind of what he does. And that's all I know about it. But, it, you know, and it, I haven't heard from him about two and a half, three years. He just, today, I get this stuff all the time. You know, I was that's told crazy. to leave because, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see if I can find that. I'll read it to you here real quick. That'd be cool. Are we running over? It's already late. Oh, we're going to make this into two episodes, Carter. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> right, that's a charge for the second two one. Hey, everybody. Bear with us while we take this quick break. Yeah. Um, a tree, uh, a big boy came out from behind a tree and stared me down. I stepped away. Five minutes later, a big tree crashed about 50 yards away from me. Uh, then 150. So this started at 200 yards away when this creature saw him. About every 50 yards, as he was walking very briskly back to his truck, a tree would come crashing down as if to say, get the heck out of here. Mm-hmm. And let me know if you want to take me out there. I never told you about the mind speak up in the queer, which is this uh, conservation area. I was told there was a baby just born. I know it sounds crazy, but it happened. I was being escorted out of the forest. And when I heard that, it all made sense. Hmm. That's wild. Yeah. And that's crazy. I got stories like that. I mean, they're all over the place, you know. So, uh, but that's fascinating stuff. I got another, some friends who, uh, they have ongoing activity. Uh, she's been hearing this one uh, Sasquatch uh, come into their area by their house about four or five in the morning after the hubby leaves for work, because he leaves about an hour before she does. She's there by herself, chattering away, screaming, yelling, banging on the wall, uh, watching her through the bathroom window uh, while she's, you know, getting ready for work. Mm-hmm. Uh and, you know, the window is way high up, so it's just for light. You cannot see right. into the bathroom. But you see the top of the shower curtain. That's all you can see mm-hmm. because it's just a row of, you know, eight-inch blocks, glass blocks across. Anyway, so, but, uh, and I just got an email from him a couple of days ago that she had another episode, uh, and they have just built a brand-new house, and they've totally uh, changed the topography of the land. And these creatures that are on their land are not happy with it, and they've let them know. And so this there's a creature running around the house screaming and yelling like it's just it's pissed off. This totally, you know, because it's it's blowing away my preconceived notions that if this thing is an animal, then you have to go someplace where the animals are to go find it. Right. Yeah. And so the the question that I was going to ask was, you know, do you have more of these, you know, really interesting, compelling experiences in public land or private land. But then I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, if these things are as intelligent as we're talking about, then what makes me think that they give a darn about what we think is our property? Right? That's true. Uh, but they let us live there. Right. <laughs> you know, but, and, you know, they have no problem coming up to where we are to say, hey, we know you're here. They love us. They are fascinated with uh, humans and how we live. The naked the, pink monkeys running around in the yeah, sea. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we have, you know, they're fascinated uh, with women and children, especially. 
because you know the women are the you know the the life givers and and the nurturers just like their their females are mm-hmm. and and they're fascinated with the family unit they have families i mean it's like they're they're watching this because they're trying to learn and they're also wanting us to, to keep us away from destroying the planet i think that's their ultimate goal and i have three habituation properties that i still visit the, the habituation properties I mean these people live there and they've been dealing with them for anywhere from five to 50 years, you know, generations of families have dealt with, them, mm-hmm. you know, so they're there and they're fascinating. It's like a, I'm not going to jack with you. You don't jack with me. You don't try to shoot me. You know, I've got people that, uh, they have shown them their newborn Sasquatch baby. When he, my guy walks the dog every morning at seven o'clock, he walks about a half mile to his gate and a half mile back. That's the dog's exercise for the day. Every now and then, one will peek out from behind the tree, let him know it's there. You'll hear him. One time, they stepped out from behind the tree, and on the other side of the tree, female Sasquatch showed herself and was holding a baby, newborn. Mm-hmm. Huh. These people experience this stuff weekly. I talk to them, and they'll go, Hey, did I tell you about uh, the Sasquatch we saw about three weeks ago? Uh, no. Yeah, well, Hank saw one when he was walking a dog, and you know, and uh, it was chasing it was chasing a, a a stray dog through the forest. I tell you that, no. <laughs> what I'm saying is, these people have interactions, and they don't even think anything about it. Like they don't call me every time it happens. Yeah, because it's like it just happens well, so much. It, it's it's a routine. They know they're there. Here's the question that I'm sure is on a lot of people's minds then, because some people will say things like they can feel the EMP signature that comes off of uh, game trail cameras, or they can see, you know, uh, uh, what is infrared. it? Infrared. Infrared. Th- thank you. They can see yeah. infrared, blah, 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 all this stuff. But say like you had your phone in your pocket, it would be the exact same feeling or or whatever that would they would get if you were wearing a chest camera or a GoPro Mm -hmm. mounted on a helmet. But is Mm -hmm. it more of like people that experience these things all the time? This is like something to preserve. I don't want people crawling all over this area, disturbing these beings that are, are, you know, presenting themselves to me and giving me presence and showing their offspring to me. And we're having this connection. Why would I ever want to endanger them by showing people what they do? Is it more of that? Yeah, they don't. They won't. They they enjoy the relationship. Mm-hmm. They enjoy having them on the property. Uh, and I've been to one of these properties, and one of the things they do often, about once a week, uh, when the weather's nice, is they'll sit on the front porch and they'll just trade howls and knocks back mm-hmm. and forth with these these Sasquatch, and they will come. We sit on the front porch, and I've done this. I've got a, a really great howl returned to me. It was just awesome. It was the, a, identical to what I put out, you know, just a real simple whoop. And I got the exact same. It was, it, you couldn't tell the difference. But they just sit on the front porch, and they just, you know, sitting smoking cigarettes and having beers and just enjoying the night. And every now and then it'll make a sound or a noise, and they can hear them come walking up, and they pull into this really brushy area that's right across road from their house i'm talking yeah 35 50 yards maybe 
And they just kind of listen to each other talking and living mm -hmm. and just watching them. They can, you know, they're moving around and, you know, they hear a little chatter every night. They do that often. And they Man. they don't want to lose that. Right. And so, you know, but I I am allowed. They let me come onto their property. They trust me and they know I'm not going to just screw them over or anything. I'm not going to bring any people with me. Mm -hmm. And I've never even asked that. But they share that with me. It's you know, very flattering. It's very cool. But they 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 go through this stuff all the time. And it's uh, the other uh, family that I don't see quite as often, but uh, she had heard a uh, Sasquatch call her by her husband's nickname for her. Hmm. She's out working in the garden. Hmm. Nobody knows that name. And they're on isolated property in the Mark Twain National Forest. Stuff goes on and on and on. I mean, it's just, so, but these people, they enjoy the relationship. Some of it is, you know, it's habituation where you're encouraging it and you're feeding them, leaving them food and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a whole other ballgame. You really, unless you're really, really to commit to that, because they get really torqued off when you quit feeding them because they like that human yeah. stuff, you know. And then the visitation is just like they let them come and go. Nobody, you know, interferes, you know, you don't bother me, I won't bother you. And, you know, I'm not encouraging it, I'm not discouraging it. So I, I divide it into two different things, a visitation where they just kind of come and go and they don't want to get too invested. And then the Sasquatch with the habituation where they feed them and encourage them, they gift them, they put things out, you know. Uh, on that property I was just talking about, I put out uh, five uh, mirrors. I hung five mirrors in this area across the road where the Sasquatch like to gather, hoping that one would take one of these mirrors. Now, I wired them to tree branches, so they, I'll go to Dollar Tree and buy these little, just little handheld mirrors that are real cheapies. One mm -hmm. of them's gone, so something had to unwrap it. They're vain. <laughs> well, so think of this: a being like that for it to see its unencumbered reflection for the first yeah. time, not mm -hmm. in a spring or a river, but on a piece of glass. Yeah. Clear what, do you think, what do you think the thought process, that would be just like, to me, the chimps in 2001, when they're, you know, banging that jawbone and beating that other one and they throw it up in there, they're just like, they've experienced something they've never experienced before, seeing their reflection. I leave mirrors almost all my gifting areas. I think, you know. I think I saw actually a video on YouTube not too long ago of someone that did the selfie feature on their phone and they showed a gorilla in the zoo, its own reflection, and it was all about it. It wasn't like aggressive, like, oh, it's another male. It recognized itself and it was yeah. all about looking at itself. Yeah. Like, They're yeah. sentient and sapient beings. They are self-aware. They know who they are. They know who we are. And, you know, they know their place in the, in the cosmos. And so, yeah, but to see your clean as a whistle, like looking at mm -hmm. a, a fully, just to imagine the, uh, to me, it'd be elation. It'd be a re revelation right. to see your reflection for the first time. Where are you going to see that out in the woods? Never. You're never going to see right. it. You might see your reflection in a somebody's front, you know, living room window or something, but uh, but those interactions like that, they just go on and on and on. And, you know, I'm just, I'm surrounded with this stuff. These people are telling me this and sharing stuff with me. I'm going, oh, my God, you know, 
the guy with that handprint, you know, he's got all those cameras going on. He just had to, I was telling you about the cameras getting destroyed. Uh, so mm-hmm. he's not happy about the cameras there. Uh, so there's the, the whole thing goes, there's something going on and it cannot be explained with just the meat and potatoes version. You know, there's so much going on. Oh my God. You know, uh, these people, and here's, I don't know how much time you got. Let me know. Uh, we're waiting for you to say that you got to go. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, well, no worries there. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to tell you this one other story because it's uh, it's poignant and it talks about uh, the relationship with these creatures. This family I'm talking about, mm-hmm. uh, five, six, seven years ago, uh, they brought her mother to live on the property because they didn't want to put her in a nursing home. She brought her trailer, so they put her mobile home. Uh, it was across the road and down a little bit, so she'd have her own autonomy, didn't want to stick her in a nursing home. So and she had a dog, uh, uh, a pretty good-sized dog. It was just a mutt, but it was it was you know her dog. And there were stray dogs that would come around every now and then and try to attack this dog, you know, just snarling and snapping, but he couldn't get through it through the fence on this property. and so. Uh, every now and then she would hear Sasquatch come out and yell, speak gibberish mm-hmm. to this, this pack of dogs and scare them off and run them off. So they did this several times. They were protecting her dog because he was just, you know, he was a mud and he was old and they could have tore him up if they wanted, if they ever right. get through the fence. So the, a couple of times she says, well, it sounded like what I thought a gorilla would talk like if it could talk. Mm-hmm. It was just the, she, the grandmother was telling the wife, telling her daughter this. Well, uh, the dog dies, and so uh, they bury it, and then the next day they go out and they plant. She bought carnations. I think it was like fourteen or sixteen carnations. Mm-hmm. They planted carnations all around this dog. It was just right out front of her mobile home. Right. And they said their prayers and say goodbye, you know. The next morning, they come out. All the flowers are pulled out of the hole neatly. The root balls are still intact, and they're laid on the right-hand side of the hole. So each flower was taken out and put on the right side in a perfect circular pattern, just like they had been planted. Hmm. Well, who would do that? Who would do that? And I'm saying... It was probably the Sasquatch. They loved your dog. They loved your grandmother. And Sasquatch do not mark their graves. Mm. And they uh, they pull those flowers out so that those bad dogs would not come back and get your dog. Wow. That was a guess. I mean, I, right. that was my supposition. And it's because they were thinking it, but they didn't want to say it. I said it because... That was, to me, there's no other explanation. That who would do, it's private. It's the property. simplest explanation, like you were saying, Occam's Razor, right? Yeah, yeah. If they 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 are country people. You get on my property, I will shoot your ass, and I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you later when we're not recording why that is. But and they went step on a landmine. Oh my god, <laughs> that is. Oh my god. Because who else would do that? It's private property. Nobody gets on their property. Right. And these flowers were taken out. 
the day after they put them in because Sasquatch don't bury, they bury their dead, but they don't mark their graves. Hmm. And they didn't want those dogs to come and get your dog and dig them up and eat on, even though that hmm. probably wouldn't have happened. But right. I explained it as this is my supposition of the story you just told me. And they all went, they were just like, their jaws were hanging open and they were just like, well, yeah, it kind of makes sense. I, I, but so, and they told that story to me after I'd been there a while. After I'd been coming and visiting, they didn't tell them right away. But it, that story is in in the first book. Awesome story, but it just it shows you a relationship. It shows you compassion. You just have to wrap your head around: is that what really happened, or? Did some rabbits come on the property and pull the flowers out? We're going to eat them and didn't. No, they were all placed perfectly in a perfect circle right next to the hole they were in. And so it was very methodical and wasn't like some wild animal came running through. That was done very meticulously. It was a very meticulous presentation. Hmm. I can't explain it any other way than that. And that goes to the relationship they have with these people. These squats were touched enough that they were going to continue to watch over the dog even though it's buried and dead man you brought some great stuff to the table carter i'll tell you well it's just food for thought baby you know it's just uh and i've got so much of this i mean i could I, you know i could i could do three hours but you'd fall I mean, asleep and, if you'll you know. if you'll come back to us i mean we'd love to have you yeah you know this well, we can uh, we can tear it we can uh, boil it down to talking about a specific subject or some of the reports or Whatever you want to talk, I don't care. But I mean, uh, the quantum stuff, it's there. It's happening. It's just happening. Uh, the counting, the recognition of me and my fellow, you know, hikers and expedition goers and the people with the dog, it, just all the stuff, taking my wife to that spot. You know, you just, mm-hmm. and these are, you know, and there's guys that are going, yeah, bullshit. He's making that up. No, I'm not. It's just, that's just what's happening. You know, and I'm attracting this stuff because I'm asking for it. And these people are coming out of the woodwork. You know? Yeah. And, you know, the guy was chased out of the forest because they just had a baby. Get the heck out of here. And it's a voice. It, it, it's mind speak. He heard it clear as a bell. It's like, what do you do with that? <laughs> you know, it, it, people are calling me with this stuff or emailing me all the time now. And I hope I'm a conduit. I hope they keep calling me. You know, it may dry up one day, you know, uh, but uh, I'll come back, you know, just you know, give me a, a couple, yeah. I mean, couple of months, a couple of months break. And if you want to, you know, uh, pick a subject, and I tell you what, uh, I'll, I'll get you a book when the other one comes out because it, it, it's supposed to ship on the 13th. So I'll mm-hmm. send you the new one because you read the, the stuff with my guy up in Canada. It will, it will blow your mind. It will just absolutely blow your mind. Know, either you think I'm just full of crap, or uh, I got something going on here. One of the two. You know, <laughs> the stuff that's already in there, man, has already blown my mind. Yeah. Well, yeah. this the stuff that I put in. Uh, I, I added 110 pages. It'll top that. You know, I'm not trying to top anything. It's just what he gave me. You know. Yeah. And uh, it's well, just why like. Why don't you go? You go ahead and send that one to Jake because I've. I mean, I've got the the shorter version of your second one. Yeah. Uh. So I mean. Well, I, just send I, me an ad, tell me an address and a name to send it, and I'll do it when I get it. Cool. Yeah, yeah we'll type it in the we'll chat get, right here. Well, I'll, I'll send them an email. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, you've, you've given me 
So, I mean, we talked about the rocks, the five rocks for the five people. And but inside your book, you also have the tree knocks, you know, the the three three sets of three and then the one set of two mm-hmm. for all the people in the group. And so, yeah. you know, all this counting and stuff. So what it makes me think about, <clears throat> excuse me, is my experience in Dinky Creek, California, when I was camping and all the tree knocks we were hearing. And let me tell you, I, I can talk a big game where I'm just like, yeah, I'm not scared of them and stuff like that. I didn't move a muscle when there was knocking <laughs> yeah. all around us all different ways. And it was like three over here, two over there and going back and forth, there's screams out in the woods and we're far enough away in these campsites that, you know, there's a, a mile or two different distance and you could hear the people partying. You could hear them hooting and hollering and the music playing, you know, it's echoing through the trees and stuff. And the second that, that those screams started that stopped, right? Yeah. Cause they heard it too. <laughs> so all this stuff, but it makes me, coming like i said before this underwhelming you know amount of information that i i know or don't know right but it's just mm-hmm. like next time i'm in that circumstance i'm really gonna have to focus on how many people are in my group and how much knocking am i hearing am i hearing communication am i hearing counting like this episode this having you on with us i really wasn't sure how i was going to uh perceive it you know if it's going to be mm-hmm. enjoyable for me all that sort of stuff because i'm more of a, a realist sort of a person but sure. you've given me so much homework that i can just do yeah. just in my own area that i'm i'm going to do you know reading through your book right here seeing just like i think what 30 different pictures of all these different like uh you know the tree structures, all the tree structures and yeah. stuff like yeah. things to actually look for because i want to have my own experience i want to be able to to be in this position where Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if it's just seeing something cross the road. I just want to see it, right? But it's yeah. just like, what have I actually seen where I didn't recognize that I was seeing something? And yeah. so I'm uh, going to be out there looking for all that stuff, not just footprints, but, you know, more signs of they actually exist here, subtle, they live here. Not that, not that they just pass through here or that, you know, something like this or this is a trail for them or something like that. So, I mean, man, I would love love to have you back on here i'd love to read your second book you know i'm gonna finish this first one i haven't made my way all the way through it yet i'm in the stories right now um oh, but it's just like stuff, oh yeah no i mean yeah. even the rats one yet? even even like what carter was saying yeah yeah but like even <laughs> like what carter was saying with the uh the female connection and that just yeah you know wendy p in the sierra nevada is the very first uh or the rocky mountains or rather the very first story that you have in here and how she made the connection with the female sasquatch and it was like that kind of like motherly sort of bonding mm-hmm. thing for just a few brief seconds and they mm-hmm. made that really strong connection and then she was out mm-hmm. when she picked up yeah. her kid and then rolled and it was just like i want to be able to have that experience and so i'm definitely going to be taking a lot of the stuff we talked about and i'm going to listen to this episode back again and you know take my notes read your book and kind of really dig into about like, how can I have my own experience? And in a, let's just say that they are, as we've been talking about for the last two plus hours now, that they are this intelligent, you know, aware creature doing this in a very respectful way, something that isn't going to get my arms and legs ripped out of their sockets, right? <laughs> they're not that, they're not that way. Yeah, they're not that way. They're not, they're not, they're here to, uh, honestly, to, to teach us and to show us how to, you know, 
live and cherish and save the planet and save the earth and nurture it because it'll feed and clothe us if we just let it, you know, we, you know, how we've torn the place to crap right now. So they're not, they're not, I mean, you may get a bad apple. I think they're just like humans. There's good and bad. Sure. You know, we're not, they're here to enlighten you, you know, and they do count. They don't count all the time, but there are specific times and places right. that they have count. And I've had other people standing there right with me to going, Oh my God, how did that just happen? Holy crap. You know, and I just pointed out and they go, Oh my God. You know, the guy, right. that, yeah. you know, the guy that uh, was using a wood block the night before, you know, mm-hmm. what a wood block sounds like is very clock, clock, yep. clock. We went, I, when I took them to show them all those structures in that private little area that I know was their living room, uh, one of them is just up in uh, Michigan. Uh, that guy that was with us that night was using his wood block, but he came with us that next morning and there was five of us. Mm-hmm. Clock, 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 clock. Same exact sound. You cannot pick up a random piece of wood in the forest and mm-hmm. bang it against a tree and make that exact sound. No way, shape, or form. So they either did it with it's mimicry, right? Hypnosis, mimicry, yeah. Mm-hmm. Voice well, they say that they say that they don't. You know, they may not even use wood. This may be like a, a like a, a mouth plucking. sound yeah. or a yeah. They may have uh, uh, several several sets of vocal cords. Yeah, I heard that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that 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 all kind of makes you know a lot of sense to me. You know, uh, so, okay. they can mimic a car. I, I, the, the one of the stories in there is the guy that the fellow researcher. I, I won't take your time, but they they can mimic any sound: a car, an owl, a deer, a cat. They'll mimic any sound. They can mimic you. I've heard the birds mm-hmm. referred a lot. Uh, like one thing to, if you want to go out and do some some Sasquatch searching, is to get familiar with the bird sounds both day and night. Mm-hmm. And one thing that they sometimes will slip up on is they'll use a day bird sound during the nighttime. Yep. Um. So you got to be, you know, if you hear like a, I don't know. I don't know my birds, but a, a robin at two o'clock in the morning, you know, you might be in the presence of a Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that's, that's true. Man, that's it's just anything. more. Sorry. Yeah, but that's, that's how they, they operate. Of course, you know, the Native Americans living off the land can mimic a lot of animal sounds too. <clears throat> true. Like, yeah. And so, and they had a symbiotic relationship with the Native Americans. We could go on and on and on, but. You know, <laughs> oh man, could we ever. I'll, I'll <laughs> let you go, but you know, uh, yeah, we, I'd, I'd love to come back and do another. And, and once the, the other book comes out, you know, maybe mm-hmm. we can do something, you know, uh, you know, in a month or so when you know the book's out and you've had a chance to read through it, you know. Uh, yeah, I I just looked on Amazon to see if I can pre-order it, but it's not there yet. No, so, I haven't sent. So, uh, if you want to buy the book from me, which are all full color, uh, and they're autographed, uh, you you would buy them through me on my website. Which is www.relichominid.com. H O M I N I D.com. Relic with a C. Just like a relic, you know, relichominid.com. And so you can buy those from me. Amazon will have, Amazon will have the black and white version that's mm-hmm. on the pulp paper. And, uh, but I haven't sent that to them yet because I, 
literally it just went to the printer today after I got through having to do some redry redraws and stuff like that. So once they've got it and it's in print, uh, then I'm going to send that book to Beyond the Fray, and they're going to do the black and white version and the Kindle version. So if you want to spend 15 bucks and get the new book or the other book, the first book, in black and white, you can go to Amazon and get them. Uh, but if you want to get an autographed copy from me, they're all covered with nice slick paper and really nice photographs like the books you got. Uh, you would uh, get them from me. You probably don't have uh, my orange book. You have the... Uh, yeah, that's so that's the original version of the one that they just published for Beyond the Fray, right? Yeah. I might end up getting that one. That's a pretty nice book. It's nicely done, but uh, I have the second edition, so... The, the, uh, that book has about 210 pages, and I added another chapter, and uh, I updated some other reports. So that might be the one you want to get for me if you want an autograph copy, you know, uh, but that's up to you. But, you know, we'll get them to you however. But uh, if people want them, uh, relic, www.relichominid.com. It's only for ordering my books. It goes through PayPal, you know. And uh, I ship them in, uh, out of my house and autograph them and do all that stuff. We will be sure to leave a link for that in the description of both of these episodes when they come cool. out. And cool. if you're listening, I'm on his website right now. You have to go to the More tab in the top right-hand sh- uh, corner of the, the shop or of the website. And then a drop-down menu comes up and you click Shop. And that takes you to his two books right there. I have a copy of his evidence of an enigma two, and it is a beautiful book that comes directly from him and like he said this thing is in full color these these pages are nice and sleek the 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 lettering is a little bit raised it is a very beautiful book and you can clearly see the pictures now i also do have a copy which i bought myself of the sasquatch down the rabbit hole of strangeness no there's nothing wrong with this book it's another absolutely beautiful book brilliantly written some really really good stuff in here you know like carter had alluded to that this does have the black and white photos if you're more into your standard paperback book this is exactly what you're what you're going to get from beyond Mm -hmm. the fray and there is nothing wrong with beyond the Fray's books i actually really like them i like their them as a publishing company Mm -hmm. i've read plenty of their books like we had Kenny W. Irish on here before. I've used books from Beyond the Fray for the Windigo episode, a couple other ones as well. And I will, of course, be using Carter's books here for research for any episode that these can be called upon. Carter, mm-hmm. I will be using these these books for the rest of my life for as long as I have this podcast. And awesome. eventually, uh, Infinite Rabbit Hole does have plans somewhere down the road to start doing uh, video documentaries is what our one of our big goals is. And That's these the will plan. be used then too. And yeah. who knows? Maybe one day our our paths will cross, and uh, we'll hire you on to help us do a documentary. Awesomeness, Carter. Thank you so much. I know Jake's going to have some stuff to say too, so I'm going to let Jake follow me up here for the the first book down the rabbit hole of strangeness. There is a lot of stuff that we did not get to. Oh, yeah. uh, Jake had originally alluded to the ports chapter in his book where he he actually takes some of his reports from the bfro website and breaks them down he posts them up talks to you a little bit about the behind the scenes conversations between him and the people that are involved in these situations 
my personal favorite is the one with the rats. When you get this book, <laughs> dude, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what I would have done, man. I would I would have shit my pants and I would have been like, well, whatever. Anyways. Time to burn down the house and move on. <laughs> <laughs> they were beside themselves. They they were absolutely beside themselves. And there was absolutely. nothing paranormal about that. That was just strictly uh, you know, the wood rats were uh, uh, the uh, uh, delicacy of the highest order. They just pop the heads off and, you know, pull the skin off and eat them, and that's how they do them. That's crazy stuff. But <laughs> there is there is a, a a really good amount of stuff in this book that we did not get to cover. So if you're listening to this episode and you're like, wow, they talked about a lot of stuff. You know, why do I need to go buy his book? Because we probably got through a fifth of it. Oh, yeah. We, we just we gave it a glancing blow. So yeah. that Sasquatch Down the Rabbit Hole of Strangeness, that's my orange book that you're looking at on the website. That's the same content. Mm. That orange book is that the one with the Sasquatch is kind of in that little foresty area. That's that's a beyond the phrase cover. Okay. And, but uh, and you, so, you actually have a good story about that picture too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, that's my guy in Canada. Yeah, and, and I didn't even know when I picked that picture. I didn't even know him or anything about him. That is such a crazy coincidence. That is. See, that's amazing. why I was supposed to talk to the guy. You, you know what I mean? It, it just yeah. it, nobody would talk to this guy. And I, I finally gave him the time of day. I think he was on one talk show, and he just he couldn't get through it because he could tell that nobody was, you know, the host was not buying. But that's horrible. I had picked this picture because Sibylla, who does all my artwork, had just put it up on a website. I said, you know, I don't like the picture I had, whatever I was going to do on the front page. Do you have another on the cover? Do you have another creature I haven't seen or anything? I just drew this for a guy. And that's where I picked it. And then when this guy contacts me, he says, you know, the creature that's on the cover of your book, that's the one, one of the ones that's been messing with my family for 40 years. Hmm, really? That's nuts. That's the whole thing about serendipity and numerology. I don't believe in coincidences. I think I was supposed to talk to this guy. And it, and that creature is Zap. We, his, he has a name now. It's Zap. We, we named him Zap because this is the creature that stuck his hand through the wall of his cabin and zapped it, put his finger on his forehead and knocked his desk. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't know that. And and then so Billa, she drew all the other uh, stories that he told me. She drew has pictures in some of his other stories. How weird is that? It's the same thing as the the rocks on the log and the the orb and the knock on my door and my wife and I go into that. You know, it all it's all kind of just tied in. It's just it's been a weird little whirlwind. It's just, it's fascinating, you know. I got to pinch myself every now and then. You know, some of the times I'm going, okay, man, you're getting too, you're getting too out there. The other times <laughs> I'm going, no, bring it. Because, you know, I, I've, I've already crossed the, the threshold of, you know, bullshit or believability. You know, you either one or the other when you read these books now, you know, and I had no idea. I got no skin in the game as far as other than I want to get these people's stories out. And so other people that are having stories or have stories and, are afraid to talk because of ridicule, which you've heard and seen tons and tons of times. Mm-hmm. Call me, email me, because and that's what people are doing. They're reaching out. That's what our game plan is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do this again whenever you want. We'll just we'll look at our calendars and you know give it a give it a month, six week break, and then we'll figure something out. 
Well, let me put it this way, Carter. We record every Thursday. <laughs> so you okay. just pick you pick yourself a Thursday and we will squeeze you in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we'll, we'll we'll boil it down to like a specific chapter or specific subject without wandering off. And then then you could do another one and another one. And that way we, we cover them better. Oh, absolutely. I, I would love to make a series out of this, Carter. Carter, I'm, I'm, there's no joke here. I, th- I think the, the fans are going to love it. And even if the fans don't for some reason, I love this. And uh, I, Jake is – I haven't really heard him be so talkative with a guest before, which is freaking fantastic. <laughs> I can tell he's, he's digging it too. Um, so, yes, yes, uh, we do want you back on. The, okay. There's an open invitation for you anytime uh if you want to bring somebody with you or if you want to just come yourself you're more than welcome to doesn't matter uh we're we're very very flexible here and we're open we just like to talk about the strange that's what we like to do and uh my favorite subject in the world is bigfoot because of my experiences when i was younger but uh let me be the first to say thank you uh very 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 much it's this was cool yeah Awesome. Well, yeah, I had a great time too. I even I even typed your little chat thing there. I went down there and I said, hey, "Groovy time tonight." <laughs> Perfect. But you know, it, it's it's it, it and see what like you saw one. So that's your reality. Nobody can take that away. You saw it. Now they may not right. believe they exist, but if they're going to say, "Well, that's bullshit. You couldn't have seen that. They don't exist." Well, no, I did. So if they're a good close friend, they're just going to go, "Well, okay, I guess he saw one. I guess I don't believe it, but whatever." <laughs> Yes, yeah. I'll see, I'll see that was me. Yeah. But, but it doesn't change. It's your reality. It's it's your new reality. No one will ever take that away. If it never happens to you again, you'll remember it. You'll tell your kids and your grandkids till the day you die. You'll because it's it's a thing. It's like I, I can't unsee that. You can't right. take my reality away. That, that happened to me. So hallelujah. My favorite question is. Well, what are you going to do if you ever see one again? I'm like, well, I really don't want to unless it's in a truck and it's from 200 yards away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's about as close as I want to be to one again because <laughs> I think I think my first encounter was was about 40 to 50 yards and even that was too close. Yep. But they they mean you no harm. Yeah. They, they will mean, never hurt you. It's hard to say that when the creatures, you know, 8, 9, 10 feet tall, 2000 pounds, 1200 pounds, uh, whatever. I mean, it's just uh, hard to tell you that that can't happen it could happen but it just it won't there unless you're trying to harm it for its family for its babies they're going to leave you alone they'll intimidate the heck out of you they're not going to tear you up well carter i've pretty much said everything i need to say jake what do you got for him jake you (laughs) jake (laughs) jake (laughs) carter i'm i'm carter now you're jake carter you said that you were going to bring us into the woo you absolutely did um it's a different story just saying things and having and then having experiences to back it up people's stories yeah. research to back it up i appreciate you coming on you blew our minds you opened me up to new possibilities when it comes to this uh this primate this relic hominid this whatever it is out there mm-hmm. um thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the infinite rabbit hole i know our our listeners are going to be thrilled with this if they listen to anything that we put out they're used to the woo they're used to the uh the natural side of things they're used to all those different aspects and you mm-hmm. 
delivered so strongly with this book sasquatch down the infinite or down the rabbit hole of strangeness <laughs> pick it up on www.relichominid.com you can get a colorized version or signed copy jeremy was saying we covered about a fifth of what was in there jeremy had this huge template laid out he wanted to cover all the different chapters and all the different subjects and we pretty much deviated completely from that and just allowed a <laughs> a natural a natural progression of questions and answers and conversation and i think that we absolutely nailed it but please go yeah. out there and pick yourself up a copy of this book you will not be disappointed and you will definitely learn something you'll get a new aspect and new appreciation of that hairy monster that's out there that maybe is not so much of a monster as you may think but carter thank you so much for joining us on here carter is there anything else that you would like to put out to the listeners of the infinite rabbit hole any emails phone numbers uh social media accounts anything upcoming upcoming projects that you're working on showings anything yeah, well, the uh, uh, my email is sq as in Sasquatch sq explorer at gmail dot com. You got an event or anything that happened to you and you haven't been able to talk to somebody who you think is going to believe you? Just you know, email me and send me a number. Or we'll we'll talk and chat. You know, it, it basically, you know. When these things happen to you and you see them and you just want to discount them because of the way you've been taught, just remember, considering does not mean you believe it. If you're worried about the neighbors thinking you're crazy because you believe stuff, just consider it. Read up on it. And if you want to discard it, discard it. If you want to get more into it, then get more into it. You know, uh, don't. Don't shy away from it just because you don't believe you you don't know until you look at some of this stuff. It may it may come back to you that you know you recall something. I mean, you just don't know. But you know, don't ignore stuff in the woods if you're interested. Don't ignore signs, and just consider everything. Believe what you want. You know that, that's really all it is. It's awesome. Awesome. Well, well said, Carter. Right. All right. Well, that has been another episode of the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast. I'd like to say thank you for joining us and to all the travelers. Next up is our season finale for season four, where we talk about Indrid Cold, the man, the myth, the legend from the Mothman Prophecies book by John Keel. We're going to dive into Woody Derenberger's story, as well as his daughter, a little bit of John Keel and gray barker as well this will be one that's going to knock your socks off the story is amazing and i can't wait to tell you because i've worked on it for a very long time and i read a lot of books this is definitely going to be a two-parter so get ready buckle in and get ready to take another trip down the infinite rabbit hole we'll see you next time thank you carter once again it was such a pleasure and i can't wait to have you back on we'll do it again it was awesome enjoyed it guys